Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the Kettlecast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we go through the Hawks' 109-113 loss to the New York Knicks. Get to see the Knicks with their new coach, Tom Thibodeau. Uh, the Hawks face their first 10-point deficit they've seen this year in their seventh game. We'll go through how they built a 15-point lead in the third quarter, only to find a way to lose that lead and ultimately lose the game. Without further ado, let's get into it. The Hawks falling to the New York Knicks is not how I thought they would respond after losing a pretty tough game to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Tom Thibodeau brought his Knicks into State Farm Arena, and this was the first game we saw with the Hawks that they didn't really jump out and seize the lead from the beginning. The Knicks built a 10-point lead in the first quarter. They got up 24-14, to and Coach Pierce called a timeout, and the Hawks responded the right way. They came out and had their own run to take the lead at 27-26, to but it was a back-and-forth game in that first quarter, 29-31. to The Knicks led after one. The Hawks had a much better second quarter um, and ended up taking a lead into halftime of four points it would have been a seven-point lead going into halftime, but Knox from the Knicks hit a three at the buzzer and that kept the lead at four points. Um, the Hawks had a really wonderful third quarter, especially with their first unit in, and they built another third-quarter 15-point lead. Um, but once Trey Young left the court, that lead quickly melted away, and they were the Hawks were only able to take a four-point lead into the fourth quarter. Uh, the Hawks never really built any momentum after that. It had sort of been taken out of them, and the Knicks kind of sprinted ahead, and the Hawks were fighting back the rest of the fourth quarter. And ultimately, with under a minute left, the Hawks were down six. They got a steal, Cam got a jam, and um, the Knicks were just playing really loose with the ball, and the Hawks had an opportunity to cut the lead to a one-possession lead, and they weren't able to, and eventually the Knicks were able to win this game at the free throw line. There are some really big performances from the Knicks uh, in typical Thibodeau fashion. He rode his starters a lot of minutes. Julius Randle played 44 minutes in this game. He was 11 of 19 from the field. He didn't make a single three-pointer, which we'll come back to. He was 6 of 8 from, free th- from the free throw line, had 28 points, 17 rebounds, and nine assists. Um, he played everywhere. He was very good for the Knicks, but I thought that the Hawks sort of let Julius um, get into spots that he's better at than just like letting Julius shoot the three. He didn't make any this game, and there were a couple times when Atlanta Biggs chased him up around the three-point line. Uh, he did. It, the Knicks did a good job of getting to the offensive glass, but really the the Knicks didn't dominate the boards that much they had 45 rebounds compared to the Hawks 40 11 offensive to the Hawks 10 but Julius Randle was just consistent and um him playing so many minutes when the Hawks starters went off the court we'll get to this the Hawks bench really didn't do anything um and that was the big difference in the game the New York Knicks bench um as as with Thibodeau he plays his starters a lot of minutes so his bench isn't that deep in fact for this game it was really Three guys, Emmanuel Quickly, a rookie from Kentucky, Austin Rivers, and Kevin Knox. And 
Um, that bench of New York outscored the Hawks bench 30-14. to 14. Uh, The Hawks second unit really did not do its job in this game. But Julius Randle had a great game. He did have seven turnovers to go with those nine assists. But if you're big man and your leader is getting you nine assists, almost a triple-double, um, you're not going to ask him to do much more than that. R.J. Barrett, we got to see R.J. and Cam, two former collegiate teammates, play against each other. R.J. played 44 minutes. He was 10 of 19, 1 of 5 from three-point land, uh, had 26 points, 11 rebounds, one of those offensive. And then the really big score for the Knicks was Emmanuel Quickly off the bench. He played 19 minutes. He was 4 of 7 from the field, hit 6 free throws. Um, for 16 points, 16 points in 19 minutes is really freaking good. And he actually, in the fourth quarter, he got Trey Young with the Trey Young. He went around a screen, stopped, Trey ran into him, and he got the call to get three free throws. So really good showing from the rookie point guard. Um, he was a game high, plus 17. The Knicks were plus 17 when quickly was on the court. And I think that just shows you how I mean how well quickly played and got the Knicks into what they were doing and how poorly the second unit of the Hawks were was as I said Trey was matched up with quickly a little bit but uh it was just not the greatest showing from the Hawks second unit um Austin Rivers and Kevin Knox combined there were 14 points they were four of six from three-point land um for 14 points and so that was really kind of all the players that played for the the Knicks. They had a um, just really strong performance from their big players. And as with any t- Thibodeau team, you're going to see a lot of uh, minutes played by his players that he trusts versus the players that he doesn't trust. On the Hawks' side of the ball, just to give you a comparison of those benches, um, the Hawks' bench of Bogdanovich, Herter, Goodwin, and Solomon Hill – that's 68 minutes of playing time in, in the game. They scored 14 points combined, 5 of 17. They were 2 of 9 from three-point land. Only got to the free-throw line two times. They did have seven assists and six rebounds. But that's just not enough production from the second unit of guys. Uh, Bogdan has gotten shots up. He actually only got three attempts up in this game, which is really low. His shots always look like they're going in, but they're just not falling. He had a nice three-pointer in this, but that was it. Um, Kevin Erter came in. You know, Kevin has days where he looks really good and then days where the ball's just not falling. Um, I thought he was pretty aggressive in this game, but for that group of four to only get 17 shots up is really uh, disappointing, and you're just not going to win a game like that. The Hawks are not going to be able to win a game when they're relying so heavily on their starters, and their starters played pretty well. Uh, a bright spot of this game is DeAndre Hunter just continues to play really well. He played 37 minutes. He was 5 of 19, 3 of 6 from three-point land. He got to the free-throw line. He had 23 points. He ended up with eight rebounds, an assist, and a block. And DeAndre Hunter just continues to look extremely extremely good in his second year he was matched up with Julius Randle for some of this game and I think that's a matchup I would have gone to more um it's crazy to have your second year small forward get matched up with a Kyrie Irving um and then have to go up against a totally different player in Julius Randle but I I kind of think that 
Um, Hunter was the Hawks' best option on Julius Randle. Trey Young had a very nice game. He wasn't super efficient. 9 of 22 from the field and only 1 of 6 from three-point land. He got he got back to the free-throw line, though, after having a little bit of what uh, Bob Rathman would call a hiccup in the last few games. He got to the free-throw line 15 times, ended up with 31 points and 14 assists, a steal. But the big thing for Trey was eight turnovers. And for Trey, I actually think two of those turnovers came off of he was trying to make passes to guys off the backboard. At least one of them to John Collins was definitely off the backboard, and it messed up John. John thought he was just getting a regular alley-oop, and he jumped early, and the ball got out of his hands, and he wasn't able to throw it down. Um, And then another one, I don't know if his timing with Clint Capella was just off, but it went off the backboard, and I think Trey was plus seven. The team was plus seven when Trey was on the court. He, He played well. He certainly wasn't the reason the Hawks lost this game, but... The last couple games, the Cavs game and this game with the Knicks, the Hawks have been unable to push leads and really close games out. Um, there have been a couple opportunities in both of those games to take a lead and extend it from 5 to 7, from 10 to 15, and even from 15 to 20 and just get the other team to you know finish the night and not really try to get the win. Um, the Hawks have not closed halves or they didn't close the half or the third quarter well, and that allowed the Knicks to stay engaged and ultimately come back and win this game. Um, And those turnovers, if he turns those turnovers into points, I think that just goes a long way to extend those leads, to ensure, you know, to help put pressure on this other team to score instead of just kind of letting them hang in the game. John Collins had another fine game. He played 33 minutes. He was 8 of 15 from the field, 18 points. He only had eight rebounds, um, with three of those being offensive. And John, he has great activity. He was guarding uh, Julius Randle for part of it. I actually thought there was a lineup when John was the Hawks' center that was very effective. And I think that's what the Hawks went to after the timeout uh, when the Knicks had built a 10-point lead. And that lineup really brought the Hawks back into this game. Um so going small sort of favored the Hawks, and that's when the Knicks brought Mitch, Mitchell Robinson off the floor and had Julius Randle be their five. But despite a good game from John Collins, uh, the Hawks just weren't able to, to stop Julius Randle. Finally, Clint Capella played 30 minutes again. I think these uh, consecutive games playing 30 minutes kind of shows that Clint has really worked his way back, and he's running and doing things that you'd, you'd like to see your center do. I think he's continuing to build his chemistry with Trey Young and figuring out this defense. Um, the Hawks were outscored in the paint 54-50, to 50, but it's slowly getting you know normalized, especially you know a team with Julius Randle is going to score a lot of points. And early in this game, the Knicks were really taking it in the paint, and that's really what allowed the Knicks to build their lead as they were just going to the paint, and the Hawks were able to make some adjustments slow that down, and then start getting their own points in the paint. Um, Clint was 5 of 7 from the field. He hit two free throws after being absolutely terrible at the free throw line for the last few games. It was good to see Clint make a couple free throws. He had 12 rebounds, another double-double, two of those offensive. And so to see this string of Clint Capella um, just being able to be on the court for 30 minutes is super encouraging after that really long layoff for Clint and you know not being able to have him for so long last season and to start this season 
Finally, Cam Reddish was okay. 4 of 11 from the field, 2 of 6 from three-point land. He had a 3 late in the game that would have cut it to a one-possession game. And the ball did everything but go through the basket. It went in, banged off the rim, you know, and then somehow popped out. But Cam had another game where he doesn't didn't have a steal, which I don't really understand how that's possible. I'm going to have to go back, but I think distinctly remember uh, him getting a steal at the end of the game to keep the Hawks, you know, in it kind of when they were down six with under a minute to go. Um, so he does a good job on defense. A funny thing, if you're watching these games on the Atlanta affiliate, um, Bob Rathman can't tell Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter apart, and often Hunter will shoot a three, and Bob will say, and Cam from three, or uh, Reddish will get a steal, and he'll say, Hunter with the steal. Um, and it's it's nice to have two long wing players who are both doing good things on the court, and, and they can be confusing. They kind of have the same haircut but they do have a little bit of a different games. Um, but Cam just had an all right game, and the Hawks are going to need a little bit more from him. I talked about the bench and just the disappointing production from them. There was, Rajon Rondo was available to play in this game, and uh, Coach Pierce just decided to stick with Brandon Goodwin. I think Rondo is an important player for some of the other guys off the bench. Solomon Hill, after coming in and seeming to take all the threes in the world, only got one shot off in this game. And I actually think Bogdan Bogdanovich, I think Rondo just does a good job of setting up all these players with shots, you know, with the ball where the player wants it at places that the player's going to take the shot. And Brandon Goodwin just has continued, I think, at least from my perspective, of being caught between does he want to be aggressive and take the first shot that he gets to wanting to run the offense and really try to do what Rajon Rondo and Trey are doing. He's a young player and he's still figuring out his his craft and um, it's good to see him. He, he should keep getting out there, but he just doesn't, it's not happening at game speed right now. He's really thinking about it, which is not what you want your players to do. A big, just noticeable hole in the Hawks' Um, second unit, though, is definitely a Danilo Gallinari-sized hole. Just a player who could come off the bench, get to the free throw line um, kind of at any point, and a player who's just a known shooter. Um, and this Hawks team is, you know, certainly better defensively than last year's, but this is an offensive-minded team. And to have any units that go in and are unable to score really hurts the Hawks' chances of getting a win. There are a couple of commenters on Twitter who Notice this uh, something that I thought as well as when the Hawks aren't playing fast, um, they're not really using their advantage very well. Um, neither team scored over ten fast break points, and the Hawks are just a team built to be on the run with Trey Young, uh, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter. All these guys can finish in transition. Even Clint Capella can really run, and so seeing the Hawks not get into transition and kind of be okay with playing at either Cleveland style and surely the Hawks could have been tired in that game or at the next slog style where they're just going to give it to Julius Randle for a time and then at the end of the clock do something it's frustrating this team the Atlanta Hawks should be getting a lot more possessions a lot more shots more than 90 shots a game up and to see them sort of just settle and be okay with running with these teams that are trying to slow them down is, is really frustrating. Um, especially with, you know, when you have a game against the nets where you score 140 points to then have a game where 
you don't even break a hundred or you barely break a hundred against the Knicks. It's just um, a little bit frustrating. And I, I do wonder with this young team, if it's easy for them to get up for perceived big games with the Nets and teams like that. And then for team games with like Cleveland or the Knicks, if they're just not as juiced to play those games, uh, the Hawks have a little mini series coming up with the um, Charlotte Hornets. It is a home and home. So there'll be one game in Charlotte and one game back at the farm. So it'll be fun to see Gordon Hayward on the Hornets, LaMelo ball on the Hornets and see how the Hawks respond to this little two game slide. The Hawks have lost three of their last four games with their one win coming against the Nets. But I think the Hawks are all unhappy with their performance. You know, I think they were disappointed on the second night of a back-to-back to lose to the Cleveland Cavaliers. I do think this loss to the Knicks really frustrated them. It's a team that the Hawks, frankly, are just better than. And they did not play like it. And the Knicks came out and won. And just, as Trey said after the game, all these teams are NBA teams. You can lose to any of them on any given night. And it shouldn't be... You know, on the Hawks having to get up for a specific team, they should bring that same energy every night, and they just didn't have it, um, especially in the fourth quarter against the Knicks. So, really frustrating game, one that was not a lot of fun. I get really frustrated watching these Hawks when they just continue to play at a tempo that benefits the other team. There's so much um, excitement, especially with how well DeAndre Hunter's playing. And the the wings they have in this game, they should be moving the ball. They should be taking the first shot they get. And sometimes they just like are thinking about it. And they have four guys around the perimeter, one guy dribbling. And it's just like, this is not Hawks basketball. This is not what makes it fun. So hopefully they'll move towards that. Um, it'll be fun to see top three pick LaMelo Ball. He's He has a lot of comparisons to Trey Young as a bigger Trey Young. And he certainly can pass the ball. I don't think he can shoot as well as Trey. But that that'll be a fun matchup for the next two games Um, and they had their first game with the Hornets on Wednesday thank you for catching this episode of the Kettlecast if you could leave a rating or review on whatever platform you use to get your podcast that'd be a huge help to me and if you have any questions you can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com go Hawks